On this episode, Tom Bilyeu stops by and we talk impact. Hey everybody, this is Gary Vaynerchuk and this is episode 299 of the Ask Gary V Show. Which before I introduce Tom and get into the Q&A, Facebook and Instagram, I know you're watching. Uh, Instagram, if you wanna get a question in, you gotta go to Facebook. Oh, are we gonna do that email thing we did last time? We can. I liked it. I liked it too. Cool, so we're going to. Instagram, Facebook, if you're watching. Uh, if you want to ask a question to Tom, who's an incredible entrepreneur, uh, who's an incredible new member of the Vayner family for a second time, we're gonna get into that, we're gonna announce a little fun stuff, uh, maybe a little preview. I know Zach's already freaking out. <laughs> we can do that? That's locked in or not yet? Yeah. Locked in, right? Oh, locked. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So then I'm going to give a little preview, have a little fun, break our announcement system. Uh, what is it? Gary V team? Good. If you want your question, what are you, what are you worried about, Max? He wants it closer? Yeah. So that's all right. What are you doing with your computer otherwise? Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's fine. Um, Gary V-E-E team at VaynerMedia.com. Put in your question in the subject email. Put your question in the subject email and your phone number in the body. If you want to ask Tom a question during this show, Facebook and Instagram, it's Gary V-E-E team at VaynerMedia.com. Put your question in the title and your phone number in the body. We're going to ask a question in a minute. This is episode 299, which means A, we need a real strategy for episode 300. B, uh, I'm super pumped you're here. Dude, I'm psyched to be here, man. Tell the Vayner Nation who you are. Uh, my name is Tom Bilyeu. I'm one of the co-founders of Quest Nutrition, and now I'm doing Impact Theory. Um, came up as a, an entrepreneur because I was super frustrated with my inability to get a movie made the way that I wanted to. And I met these two successful entrepreneurs, and they said, look, dude, if you want to control the art, you got to control the resources. So come with us and get rich. And we all thought it would take about 18 months. I thought, this is amazing. <laughs> it took 15 years. How old um, were you at the time? At the time, like 25, 26. You know what? This is such a good place to go to right before I let you continue. Like, this is my whole thesis of like lack of impatience and like not contextualizing time. When you're 25, 18 months seems like a long time. Yep. We're going to put a lot of work. Yeah, it's so true. And now in your 40s, 15 years doesn't seem so long. It's yeah. context of time. Yeah, for sure. It's really cool. Okay. So what were you guys going to first do? I uh, started in technology yep. and chased that. It was literally chasing money. That was it. My sole focus. I woke up every day saying, I'm going to get rich. It was the like centralized. And when you of think of, do you think that that's what made you successful? Or do you no, think when you that changed that thesis? Precisely things, yeah. when I changed that thesis. So doing that, I actually did on paper was a multimillionaire, yes. but I had so burnt out. I went and quit and I gave the equity back. I said, look, I'm not going right. to cross the finish line. You had line. equity worth, you know, more than seven figures right. uh, or seven figures, just like a lot of people running around now who are rich on paper, but when the economy collapses and that company goes out of business, yeah. they're going to be at zero. Yeah. People That's do not big... understand the difference between real money and paper money, man. It's crazy. Tom, this is why I keep putting out the content I'm putting out. I'm like, cool. I'm glad that you work at this startup that's now worth a billion and you're worth 11 million on paper. But until the exit, you're worth zero. Zero. And when the economy collapses and there's no fundraising round and your direct to consumer gigolo company doesn't <laughs> make any, doesn't, can't raise more ca- capital, then it goes for zero. Yeah. Like every one of these kids has to learn about the crash of 2001 and 2007. But they don't. Right. Mm, it's 
bad. Anyway, so that's, you were on paper, you had money. Yep. You did it for how many years? Uh, that was about the six and a half year mark was when six I said I got to bounce. So for six and a half years, you did something that made you look like you had something on paper, but yep. because you were burnt out and it didn't feel right, you gave it back, which in essence may, it meant you made no money. Correct. So you're basically starting over. Yep. Yep. Thousand percent. Tell them one more time. Yeah, yeah I started over because I wanted to feel alive. You were 32. Alive. Yeah, and, and worth nothing. Nothing. That's right. So that's me though, Andy. I built my dad's store for him, and at 34, I was worth nothing. Like, let that hang in the air. I mean, yeah, yeah. I need it to hang in the air because everybody like looks at us, and, and you know, and I just don't. I wish people understood. I, the one thing I really wish they understood is that, dude, I totally get the chasing the Lambos and all this. I actually get it, but at the end of the day, as somebody who lived that and tried that and thought that it was going to be rad, I'm just telling you it f-ing sucks. Like, it will drain your soul in a way you can't predict until you're doing it. Yeah. And, and once it's super you- fun up front. Like, at halftime, you're like, this was exactly right. The first three years were awesome. Exactly. Because, but not because of the money. It was awesome because I was getting more powerful. So I, I was it. learning business. I was like, I- like this is amazing i felt like i controlled my destiny i was like this is the shit and then like after a while it started to take from me it started to erode me as a person and i was losing my relationships it was just it was gnarly and my wife pulled me aside and was like this is now damaging our relationship because i was so unhappy at work i didn't want to talk about it at work which meant i didn't talk to her about the number one thing in my life it was just bananas i was just doing it backwards this is all pre like social media so when i went in and left it was like I have no idea what I'm going to do. I just know I'm going to pursue something that makes me feel alive. So what happened next? So I go and I quit and they say the famous words, which were, we could do this without you, but we don't want to. And so I was like, well, I've already done the hard thing, which is quit. So let me tell you the truth of who I am. Cause I've been telling you that all I want is to get rich and that, you know, I'll do anything to build this but business. And that's truth. not true. Yeah. And it was camaraderie is a higher value for me than pursuing money, meaning and purpose of what I'm really driven by. I need to be passionate about what I'm doing. And so for three did very you say different that articulately or did you it was pretty close, words? man. Yeah. I articulates my game. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. I was just pretty yeah, on point with it. Yeah. yeah. So even uh, in that emotional state? In the meeting when I quit, yeah, I was that's a what, mess. That's what so I'm no, there I was like, yeah. Yeah. like you know, like I'm not just be happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they said, Look, let's go out to dinner okay. and talk. And then once we got there, then yeah, I was Back and to were you focus. equal partners with these individuals? Not then, but when we did Quest, which is, of course, what is born out of this moment of crisis, we were equal partners. So this tech thing you had, yeah. you quit, you guys calm down, decide to become equal, a third, a third, I assume, yep. I'm just asking, yep. partners 33, 33, 33. In, what, in what literally you went from that to starting Quest, Yep. a direct-to-consumer yep. like health Yeah, bar? so literally, like, and I'm, I'm, we went from technology to food, and everybody was like, what? doing like that's such a bizarre step this was 2009 when we started conceiving it and then 2010 when we officially started selling and you sold it first direct to consumer oh yes what was the original quest bar model what version of direct to consumer uh so we were online it was online only you'd come to our website and we would sell to you there literally just off of our website and how were you, you were doing paid media traffic arbitrage no we were doing influencer marketing exclusively but it wasn't called that really back then at least we didn't yeah. know that so we were just out there on facebook back then either. yeah literally like i would drive this is a real story if you seemed like you might be an influencer i would drive the bars to your house if you were anywhere near us and like park around the block because my car was such a piece of shit, i didn't want you to see that yeah. like we were just yeah, you know scrubs. putting this all together yeah. yep. and i would deliver the bar in the hopes that i could make some sort of impression on you about what we were doing were you savvy enough already hoping they would post on social or even was it just most definitely yeah, yeah so you're yeah, like yeah. get this on social yes a thousand percent our and whole thing did, was, and they didn't know how valuable that was correct and that's the arb 
Correct. Yeah, it was. And it was, I mean, you obviously know, and you've talked a lot about this. It was a really cool time. And if you were doing something real and it was beautiful and people could really resonate with what you were doing. So our thing was community, 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 add value to people's lives. Don't try to sell them. And make kids their at life home, better. this was not just social. Like he probably, and he's going to answer it, maybe not. But like, this was like, even when like, a forum post or on your own blog. Like attention was in a lot of different places back then. Yeah, oh yeah, dude, forums. We lived on forums. <laughs> it was crazy. Guys, crazy. forums. Like and way worse is, versions of Reddit. Yes, and like, it changes so fast. Like the one just constant in the game is that whatever you're doing today is not gonna work six months from now. So which like, is my strength because I'm unemotional about right. where the attention is. Bro, I'm telling you, I can't wait. Like I'm like, Literally, sometimes laying on like a flatbed flight on a red eye, and like that was just the last time I thought of it. So I'm gonna use that example. And like, dude, I can't wait for there not to be social media. Right. Like none of it, because I'm gonna be dominating whatever the f- is happening, and then then everybody will understand my thesis more. Because right now they don't understand that I've been day trading attention my whole life, right. and that this just happens to be when I most popped. So this is what you think I am. Oh no, I get the game, trust me. I know you do. So okay, so then you built a monster company. And we built a monster company and it blew up and in five years we went from not existing to being valued at over a billion dollars doing hundreds of millions in revenue and it was in manufacturing, dude. Like really think about that. It's one thing to do yeah, it bro. in software. No, 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 you're preaching. Yeah, it was when the, bananas. When, when the cocoa trees are wiped out by the rain people don't get it so almonds, I tell my clients, almonds so I tell man. all my team in house I'm like guys we're going in and pitching content their meeting before this was their supplier for for the fava beans which is the core ingredient of the product like died and the family's selling the farm and like they can't make cocoa puffs that's real Right? That's real. You Dude, know better it, than I do. It's crazy. And you get locked into, we got locked into an almond contract at one point that has a material impact on your business. So it's like, in fact, somebody was just asking me outside, like, what makes you unique? And my thing is, I've spent the last almost 20 years building businesses, like sitting down, forecasting, sales meetings, dealing with retailers who are like trying to figure out channel conflict. What is channel conflict? You know what I mean? Like when you're having to do all that, suddenly coming and putting a mic in front of you, it's just like, you've got a wealth of you've had to do an encounter to draw on. Were you, are you in, when you first discovered me and as we got to know each other the last couple of years, is that the part that was most interesting to you that like as you were starting to build your content, personal mm. brand and content ambitions and doing it well, that like, oh, you're like, oh, Gary's like me. Like he's an operator and does content as a person. The, the real answer to that question is I was so pissed off by you. Really? And yeah, wait, oh, this, listen to this. Listen this to this. This is amazing. So I'm I don't think I, I know this. I start doing, before it's called social media, all that stuff, I, you know, we're doing it and we're doing it better than anybody else. I, I was about community when no one was talking about that. It was about authenticity and transparency before those became buzzwords. Like just going fucking ham because that's where I was, right? Yeah. I'm not chasing money anymore. I'm doing something I care about. Yeah. I'm saving my mom and my yeah. sister. Like this yeah. is real for me. So because of that, and it was coming from somewhere so real, we were doing social before anybody else, creating all of our own content, everything, and it was so like for real, I wanted to touch people's lives. And so we blew up, and I felt like I'm king. Like I get it, I get something nobody else gets, that the number one most powerful marketing vehicle is being a good person. Like this is crazy, like we're living in this weird time where just because I actually give it, and if I did something like my product didn't work for you, I'll, not only will I take it back, refund you, I'll give you more for free, like <laughs> yeah. whatever, right? And it's just right time. Then my team starts going, Tom, you've got to step out front, dude. You've got to step out front. We want to start filming you. And I was like, absolutely. 
not. That is so weird. Like, I want to be in the background. Definitely not my personality to want to step out front. And then you started popping off. Yeah. And they kept rubbing you in my face. And they're like, look at this. Look what he's doing, dude. Like, he's popping off. People are really, listen to his message. And I was listening. And I'm like, this guy's real. Every word out of his mouth is real. And if people take his advice, and that's the thing I used to laugh about. I was like, guaranteed most people are not actually taking his <laughs> advice. But I'm going to start taking his advice because it's real and I can see. And I saw that you saw from a personal branding perspective yep. what I missed. And so this is probably about four years ago. I was like, all right, this dude figured it out. And now I'm in second place. I do not like second place. So I need to start hustling I and it. I need to get a show That's and cool. I need to do this. And so we would literally just like, how do we bring all this stuff that I've been doing behind the scenes and how do yeah. we translate it in front of the camera? That's awesome. But it really born out of watching you leapfrog That's me because awesome. you were smashing. I have so much, you know, I always love pointing to you and, and you know, you were an early client of Vayner Talent, which, you know, as an evolving business for us here and I remember just like leave I don't know if it, maybe you were in that Sid or Andy but I remember like walking I'm like guys he's super smart like this, he's like doing it for the exact right reason like he's gonna absolutely like rent the milk like if you remember and this is just truth I was like hey well we can help you build it for mm. yourself but you're like nah it's valuable for me to pay the fee I can right. see every nuance but it was like I remember that meeting so clearly but what I loved was you built an actual business right. real quick I'm not even sure I know this Quest sold well, to, we sold a piece. So I still have massive ownership. I'm just oh, not involved day to day. So who did it sell to? What, what, what So happened? we had, we brought in... Um, private? Private equity, equity, yeah. Brought in private equity, but just the valuation was so crazy. You needed to take some That off. the dollars, it was pure diversification on our part. So sure. now all of a sudden... And so who's operating it now? So my two partners are still there. Um, they brought in a new CEO just to like... And There's, you were the CEO? No, I was the president. Yep. And so businesses go through phases, yeah, of it, course. you know, and who's right in one minute is not necessarily right in the I next. That's right. Um, so when I left, they just changed things up a bit and, yep. and off to the races they went. And so what's going on with you now for the audience? So I've launched a new company called Impact Theory, which literally, no bull****, when I got into business, it was because I couldn't get the films made that I wanted to make. Now, admittedly, my whole thesis around what film can be changed in the intervening time and now I've become all about impact. But, um, and this is one of the things you and I talked about in the beginning is I was telling everybody, look, what Disney just did by buying Marvel, like you don't understand what's going on. So and I pitched it to you and you said, my whole life is predicated <laughs> on the fact that Disney just bought Marvel. And I was I like, this so I was like, all right. So my whole thing is Disney did something nobody else did, which is they told one kind of story from a thousand different angles. And because of that, their brand means something. Yep. So if I say I'm going to go see a Paramount movie or a Universal movie, you know nothing about it. But if I say I'm going to go see a Disney movie, you already know something. So I'm all about impact. I'm all about reaching out and touching people's lives in a for real way. And hopefully we'll get into that because I've recently been really, really struck. Into it here? Yeah, yeah, this yeah. right now? Yeah, that would be amazing. Well, you're going to take it there right now? So basically. This, but then like go right into it. Yeah. Segue. So I want to really touch people's lives. I have, I've worked in the inner cities a lot. Started when I was 18 for extra credit. I did an eight-week assignment with this little kid who was like drug and alcohol impacted totally off, of, just out of his mind. And he would freak out when I would try to help him with his homework, cry, just a nightmare. And then when I'd say I have to leave, then he would beg and plead and cry and all that, and I would stay. Week five, I realized he's trolling me and that he actually knows exactly what he's doing. And I thought, the kid's sharp. So then I've got a little respect for him. And uh, at week six, you have to tell him, I'm only coming for two more weeks. So I tell him, he goes nuclear. I mean, just I've never seen a human that distraught. And so finally, I'm like, is it because I said I'm only coming for two more weeks? He says, yes. I say, look, man, because by now, like, I really yeah, have bonded care, with this kid. Of course. So I'm like, as long as I live in Los Angeles, yeah. 
as long as I live in Los Angeles, I'll help you with your homework, but you have to do it the second I get here. No more of this like fighting and stuff. That becomes an eight and a half year relationship. Wow. Completely changes my life. I didn't know it at the time, but he's being abused by his adoptive mother. He gets taken out. They make me the guardian. I have to help him into foster care. I mean, it was like some heavy for an early 20 something kid from Tacoma. And going through that process, I just had this overwhelming feeling that this kid could be something. He could be really special. Like he's a beautiful human being, but he's never going to be because what he's been taught is so limiting that. And so I used to take him to movies in Beverly Hills because I was broke, but movies cost the same. And I wanted him to see beautiful places. Yeah. Wanted him to have something yeah. to aspire to. Yeah. So anyway, flash forward 15 years. Now I've got about 3000 employees and about a thousand of them grew up hard as hell. Like. One kid held his stepfather while he bled to death from a gunshot wound to the head. Another, his sister was shot in the heart with an AK-47 in his front yard when she was 12. I mean, just like story after story after story. And I had that same feeling again. These are amazing people, dude, but they're never going to do anything. And so back in the early days of Quest, I interviewed everybody. If you wanted to work there, you're yeah. going to interview for me, whether you're janitor, yeah. EVP of sales, yeah. didn't matter. Me too. And so I, I had this magic genie question because I wanted to know what you were really about. And so, hey, a magic genie is about to show up. They'll grant you one wish and one wish only. Can't be more wishes or to cure cancer or bring somebody back from the dead. It's got to be for you. What do you want? Dude, I must ask that question. I'm not kidding 300 times. What are the odds? Every single person give me the same answer. Literally every single Which was person. One million dollars. What? And I was like, I had that reaction. So at person, <laughs> at person 10, I actually said to the team, are you guys with me like are you prepping them beforehand because there's it doesn't make any sense you can't get a house in la for a million dollars it's a magic <laughs> genie you don't ask for a money machine or a trillion dollars just for a million dollars they have to they have to uh pay taxes on it like, is, was exactly it actually, but, was but it it's 650 or was it capital gains <laughs> did they get at least 800 or like dude it was so crazy to me and so what it showed me was frame By the of way, reference the, i apologize the million dollar thing really with me too because the one percent of earners in america the bottom of it starts at 440 and this million with everyone. Yeah. I wish the answer to that question was 440 because then, would, then it would be based on the merit of reality. The delta between 440 and a million is pretty significant right. and everybody thinks a million is just the beginning of any level of success. Mm-hmm. It's, it, I think about it all the time. Anyway, keep going. So it, it was the only truthful answer is it was heartbreaking. And I thought, all right, their frame of reference is what's keeping them stuck. It's not that they're not smart. It's not that they can't learn. They can. So it is entirely that they don't believe that their energies will be rewarded with powerful knowledge. So they don't read a book. So they don't think anything will come of it. Right. They don't dream big enough. They don't think that they can. So I was just Any like. Any questions? I'm going to get some more. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook or Instagram live right now, uh, Tom and I are gonna, Tom's about to segue into what he really wants to talk about, but then we're gonna do a couple questions. It's Gary V-E-E team at VaynerMedia.com. Put your question in the title and your phone number in the body. There it is. Some people are just born with it. <laughs> Go ahead, what do you want to segue into? Um, so my whole thing is how do you help people like that at scale? Like how do you really do it? So so you're going to build a media company around that. Correct. I love it. So there it is. I know it's right. Thank you, man. What you have to do is do hot. What you have to do is follow what we're doing at Vayner. I got to show you actually, obviously we're going to be seeing each other probably a lot more given what we'll announce in a minute. So happy (laughs) for you, Zach. Zach, you just made the best decision of your life. Zach, when you decided to join and create with me Vayner speakers, did you, you and we knew we've known each other for what eight years. Cool. Wow. Uh, it's even better than you thought, right? Yeah. 
that's all I needed to hear. In fairness, he actually said that outside. What he said? There were no cameras. That it was better than he thought. He said, I knew it was going to be big. I knew it was going to be special, but it's actually better. Because what I do is sandbag. I sandbag everything about it. And me and it. Like, it's going to be so, you're so good, bro. I just want to give you, honestly, you're such a good dude. I'm so pumped. What we're alluding to right now, everyone's confused, is uh, we're going to be, we announced Vayner Speakers. As you guys know, Zach is the CEO. Uh, We worked together for a long time when he was at CA and we had a great run. I have big love for CA speaking and all that. Peter Jacobs, big shout out to you. I love you. Uh, And we're going to announce our roster probably in a month or so, within the month, soon. But uh, Tom is is one of the first uh, who's with us exclusively and we're going to be doing a speaking range. So we're going to be hanging. I have a funny feeling four or five events next year. We'll be speaking at the same event. So I'll be able to see you. Um, But where was I going with that? There was an interesting segue and I got excited about the Vayner speaker thing. Uh, I want to show you something we're working on at Vayner Media that Mm. is going to transcend content that I think you'll need to do to be a great 2023 storyteller from a high-low standpoint. Mm. Just the sheer volume of content needed yeah. to be right, kind of like what I do, yeah, kind yeah. of what you're doing. Stefan, it's great to see you. Okay, so anything else you want to say before we get into questions? No, man, I'm ready. Let's do it. Have you been doing investing? Like you made a lot I of have. money. Yep. That's not as fun as it sounds, right? It's not. I hate it. Too. Not, not. I'm my kind focus. of over it completely, almost. My thing is, I'd like, rather I like it. I want to do some sort of like incubator. I don't want to invest anymore. I want to find kids that and and old people. Like I don't. People that have like a three to seven million dollar business, mm. and I want them to give me forty nine percent of it, and then I want to like just plug it in and make it do a hundred. Yeah, I think I can do that consistently. We had a close deal, Sid. I love when people overplay their hands. Right, I love it. Don't overplay your hands, kids. A lot of people fake it and posture. If you run into a real winner like Tom and I, we might say no, and then the whole deal's dead. What happened? He overplayed his hand. Sorry, I'm doing it so happens. much sub talking. <laughs> Who's this? Josh. Josh. Gary, how are you? I'm amazing, brother. You're on the Ask Gary V show with me and Tommy B. Oh, dude, this is awesome. Are you watching? Uh, Clearly, you're watching. How's how's the show going so far? Oh, dude, it's going amazing. Tom's killing it, right? Like he's completely charming your pants off, right? Dude, Tom is the man. I'm I'm watching a lot of his uh, impact theories. His- Impact Theory with my boy Simon Sinek like took over the internet. Yeah, that was crazy. Like my team came and like, yo, Simon's got a super viral video. By the way, we, we made the best video of all time. I made a video that recorded me rebuttaling Simon on certain things about millennials while I watched it for the first time. Wow. We played it. They're recording me. I'm talking over the two of you and I think the video would have had a trillion views. The reality is, I have so much respect and admir- I love Simon that I felt like, and I'm so team millennial and I hate what's happening mm-hmm. with people misbranding them that I felt like I was two teeth and I didn't want it to become a me versus Simon thing so I never I, aired it. Wow. Watched 30 seconds, talked for 10 minutes. It was really, really good. I was like, I cannot wait to publish this but then you didn't want to publish it until you fully watched it and could get grounded in what we're saying so we waited on it but then a week later it already had had its moment. Yeah. So that's definitely I could do it right now. It's a piece of amazing content. It's that I have too much admiration for Simon and I felt like my energy, it was kind of like my trash talk where I had to edit out a bunch of stuff in trash talk episode three because my energy was in a place where I switched into the competitive, you know? Anyway, sorry, Tom. Tom, that video berserk. Yeah, it was bananas. Bananas. And that was, that was all him, dude. He just smashed I know, it. I know. He just I know. smashed it. Do you feel like, anyway, nonetheless, what's your question, brother? 
Hey, um, so before I get into my question, uh, you talked about Trash Talk 3. I've also been following that. I think that's a major key for anybody who's looking to, like, make some extra money or who hates their day job. So if you're listening and maybe this happens after, definitely check out Trash Talk series by Gary. It's <laughs> like amazing. I just want to give you a shout-out for that. Dude, you know what? Back um, to that shout-out. It's kind of why I like Tom and me. Like, I like practical operating practitioners. Like, I love that. Like, learning how to make $230 a week extra on OfferUp and on Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace and eBay is just smart. Because not only for a lot of people, 800 bucks a month, 900 bucks a month is game changing, and you and I share the perspective of seeing other parts mm. of the world where 200 bucks a month isn't right. a big deal. Uh, number two, it teaches you. Anyway, go ahead, what's your question? Because we're about to hang up on your face. Change a culture at a corporation as an employee. I, I lost you for a second there, brother. One more time. Um, how do you change a culture at a corporation as an employee? Tom? Yeah, man. I think the the real honest answer is unless it is being supported from the top down, it will never, ever work. So you can go to them, and if you can get your leadership on board, then you've got a shot. If you cannot get them on board, it will never work. And if the culture is that dysfunctional, my advice to you is if the top isn't going to get on, get out. Yeah, I'm going to be even more black and white, even though I know exactly what it was saying. The answer is you can't. Even if you, like, for example, me, I'm like a really good dude, like, but it's still, if it's pitched into me, I have to manipulate it into mine or I don't like it as much. That's just what the leader does. You agree with that, Andy? It's funny, right? You guys have to like strategize how to make me feel like it's mine. Otherwise, you know, I'll never do Seth, you're laughing, right? What happens? You guys just sit out there and try to figure out how do we make Gary feel like this is his? Otherwise, he will completely not support it, right? We're not smart enough to think about that. We just, <laughs> I just see it come out a week later. Like, I feel like I was the one who told him that. Yeah, so anyway, brother, listen. If you're in a company, look, culture to me is really interesting. I think companies build it from the get. So if you have the original founder there and it's not good, get the fuck out because she or he was never on board. If you don't have the original founder and they've been there for more than a year or two, get the fuck out because they changed it. I literally tell my whole company in all hands-on company meetings, hey, real quick, by the way, before the end of this meeting, if I ever sell this place, quit the next day. Because everything I've promised you is not true anymore. So I'm I'm with Tom, man. Like company, like like unless you miraculously have leverage on the singular A leader of the company, which even in a three-person partnership there is an A within that, you will not be able to change the culture because culture 100% stems from top. You're either a CEO that likes happiness and impact, and like I why we have a good culture is I hate negativity. I'm weirded out by it. And so because I'm also the best money earner, nobody has leverage on me, so I fire other people that don't do good things to my culture. Unless you have a leader like that, that means they care about the money. And when you care about the money, the culture has no prayer. Yeah. No, and culture, man, is, is literally everything. Everything. My thing is my new like absolute obsession is emotional safety. And it's one of those things people don't talk about in business. It feels super weird to say words like emotional safety, but I'm telling you right now, like if whatever you do, whether you're starting your own business or you're in a business, look for somewhere where you can have emotional safety because coming into work and feeling good about it is a big deal. And I think there are two metrics, and this is really going to get people in a weird place. Metric number one, laughter. How often do people laugh? You have to pay attention to that. And then number two, and dude, the first time this really occurred to me was I was in your office and I was looking out and I saw two people put their arms around each other. I thought, wow, that's interesting. And so 
when you build emotional safety, you will just see that people connect and bond in a way that becomes like physically you expressed. You should see VaynerMedia weddings. They're absurdity. Mm. People that haven't been here for six, like lifelong friendships. Totally. Like, that, like, that's like, trust, man. It's like emotional safety. agency being built in Bali right now by Sean Kaleo and Pinsuda. Like this is like in perpetuity. Like I tell everybody, it, it's, a, it's like a framework. Mm. I totally agree. My big one that's more practical, I like yours better, I, I hate that I have to be the straight man, but it's a good one for a lot of people listening, is voluntary retention. Like, mm. my, the way I judge Vayner is how many people that I really give a about that I think are awesome people and are awesome at their job have left Vayner. The number is staggeringly low. I know we got something. Yeah, totally. You know? Thank you yeah, for the question, hey, brother. Yeah, hey, uh, Gary, like, just a top point, um, Google did a, a study of effective teams and they called it Project Aristotle. And it was, uh, sorry, it was the biggest piece of making a successful team. So it's backed by research. Google actually yeah, has makes a study sense. Aristotle that literally. It makes sense. It makes yeah, sense, 100%. brother. But here's the problem Google's stuck because they're a publicly traded company and that's why they have the entire company walk out on them. Mm. They're stuck. You're, guys, life is binary. Like, either you're making, as a business, either you care more about the money or more about the feeling you feel in running it. I am a, I would be fired by every publicly, tra- if, if Vayner went public, I'd be fired. Fired fast. I have easily taken this business from 40 to 140 million in revenue and 200 over the kind of holding company and I'm making way less money today than we did at 40. God, that's so interesting and I really hope people are listening. No, 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 for real, hold on because that dude, that's the juice. Once you understand that in your life, you're either going to be chasing money or you're gonna be chasing fulfillment and nary the twain shall meet. And when you you chase fulfillment, you may also build a massive company. I'm gonna do both. I, I always say, and I'm making up the rules, that I'm gonna be the best entrepreneur because I'm gonna make the most money and have the most impact on other entrepreneurs. Yeah, no, I love that. And I, I think there's a That's third the part to that that I clearly see in your company and is literally the the cornerstone of impact theory. And that is people over everything. It's the connection that each person feels, the trust from that will be able to do something extraordinary because when you believe in people, your guard is down, you're emotionally invested. Yeah. Where does entitlement fall into it? Because I will tell you one of the flaws in me running Vayner over the last seven years and we've gotten a lot better in the last two years and we're well on our way, but I definitely created a macro culture of entitlement mm. because I had people over everything and I took everything on my head. Yeah, so it's two things. One, it is absolute high standards, so you have to have standards, explain what they are, and know what people have to do in order to be in yep. that sort of yep. safety circle. Yep. And then the other is your boy Ray Dalio. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at your girl Lindsay down yep. there. So Ray and his whole notion of say truth, hear truth, that, that is the one time I will say when I read that book, it changed me forever as an entrepreneur yeah, yeah. because it was a failure of my imagination yeah. to believe that you could hold a, a, a thousands of people in an organization to, and this is how he says it, and this is so true, even if you have a criticism that you're prepared to take to the grave that you don't even say to your significant other, you still have an obligation to voice that. That's super fascinating because that is absolutely not a strength of mine. Radical candor is something I continue to evolve into. Mm. It just doesn't, you know, I'm really great when it comes natural to me. Uh, like, I I just don't like money. And I will use money, and, I will, and I'm really emotionally strong. I will help other people emotionally. Like, it's really funny. Radical candor, and that, even to that level, is absurd. 
no question is a strength of his and others that I haven't had. And now I've gotten dramatic. My brother had, AJ's was much better at it naturally. I've gotten a lot, lot better and it's been a strength of mine. Mm. Look, today we fired somebody that it, I've been thinking about it for nine days. Super not pumped. I feel like right now. Yep. But if I don't do it, the whole thing crumbles. Yeah, it gets toxic for other people. And so people over everything doesn't mean keeping people around even though you've manipulated your own self in believing they're better off with you than not with you. True, but here's part of why I say people over everything and it doesn't mean that I'm just gonna let you get away with murder. Sure. It's like you've got the collective and for the collective to have trust and all of that, 100%. then they have to know that's that if exactly somebody right. isn't living up to it, they're not carrying their end of the bargain, that they're gonna be let go, like simple as, but that it's gonna be done openly and respectfully and that you're gonna help them transition out gracefully, unless somebody's just like willfully horrible. And then but, that happens too. Sure. This is where ego of hiring is a vulnerability. Like people hire people, they end up being awful and they don't want to admit they made the mistake right. and they keep them around. For sure. Yeah, hello? Khaled? Yeah, this is Khaled. Khaled, it's Gary Vaynerchuk. You're on the Ask Gary B Show with Tom Bilyeu. Live! <laughs> All right. Going, Gary? Life is good, Super my man. Pop, man. Thanks for having me on your show. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to get straight to the point because I know your time is really expensive. Uh, I just had a question, you know, this is something to do with my life. I, I've been in the exotic car business for a very long time. And, you know, it's a very expensive business to get into uh, as someone in my shoes, you know, an entrepreneur, you know, don't have, you know, a lot of funding behind me at all, actually. So I have a large list of contacts. I've been networking for a long time. It's not the grades you make, it's the hands you shake. So uh, I met a lot of people, a lot of celebrities, you know, A-list celebrities, you know, music uh, artists, all, all walks of life. And I've been doing this for about 10 years. I'm 26 now. So I've been in the game for about 10 years. Dude, how and, the uh, do you not have an Instagram link at the bottom of your website when you're in the most visual and kind of exotic car world? I, I You know, I definitely need, I have... A really nice Instagram. I mean, I haven't. But you, but you have a, a you have a nice website with some exotic animal on top of a cool car. But you have literally the Facebook and Twitter logo at the bottom, but not the Instagram one. Uh, I know. So that was actually a dealership that I worked for. It's not, Got it. I'm currently working for myself now. Respect. It's basically a broker. Respect. And. And uh, now I'm working by myself and brokering deals, you know, uh, taking clients because clients come back for me. They don't come back to the dealership. They the come back to the person. The person has the leverage. Exactly. So, so what's so the question? My question is now, basically, I have the experience. I have the clients. Uh, you know, the demand is there. I'm getting calls every time, you know, uh, a concert's in town, anything. Celebrities need cars for rentals. They want to buy new cars. I'm trying to figure out how, how do I get to the next level, Gary, as far as getting funding to start a, a company like that? How do I find investors who have the capital and are looking for you know, that kind of a business Dude, startup? Dude, your entire life is interacting with people that have that kind of money. And, and, and you know, that's very true, Gary. I, I mean, I meet people who are billionaires. I mean, all, all sorts of people. But here's the biggest uh, you know, thing I have to overcome, uh, overcome, I feel like, every time this is an objection, is that I'm young. I don't have, like, per se, a track record. Brother, 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 the number, one mis- the number one mistake that people make in life, let alone business, is they say no for the other party without asking. Word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Like okay. now, now, if you you know, like you know, look, I have empathy. I hate asking anybody for anything. So you've got these clients. It doesn't feel appropriate from transitioning to you just rented them out something, and you now you're like, hey, give me a million bucks. But inevitably, you've now interacted with some ballers an eighth time, a tenth time. Some of them have even shown a liking towards you because they see them. Tom and I, I'm sure, do this just knowing him a little bit. Like when we see ourselves in people, you just gravitate towards it. You're like, because you're just always very aware that circumstances helped you so much. And so I'm always in the business of helping somebody out when it feels right. You just live it that way, right? That's just the game. Look, brother, you're going to have to ask somebody for the money, right? And a Kid like you, who's more like a kid like me, you're not gonna get it from traditional VCs. They don't invest in shit like this and we don't have the pedigree to get money from those people. You have the pedigree to get money from other hustlers. For sure. Well, here, here goes nothing. Gary, you ready to invest in my company or what? A hundred thousand percent not. Here's why. You must have <laughs> either missed it a few minutes ago or you skipped over it. I literally just said 11 minutes ago that I hate investing. I know, I'm just messing with you. I know you are, but... I but... really appreciate you having me on your show, and I did want to tell you, you know, I I never kept it above me to do other side hustles, like going to garage sales, yes. or picking up line birds and scooters and charging them. I mean, I've been yes. doing all the things that you have, yes. you know, trying to save up money and invest. Good for you, man. So Look, there's, a lot, of your, there's man. a lot of your vibe that's interesting, man. Like, like, you come from an industry that I'm always, like, scared of. It's the slickiest of the slick. But you're articulating yourself, <laughs> even, like, in my intuitive feelings, which I go by all the time. Look, man, listen. Like, I really you, appreciate that. This, let me say something to everybody who's listening. The reason so many kids are starting companies and want to get venture capital is if they fail, they don't have to pay anybody back. I think there's another there's, reason. There's a lot of reasons, yeah. but, I, but this is one that nobody talks about, Tom. Yeah, fair. You give up 25% of your company. The amount of people that I think are starting companies, startups, that already know on day one that they have no chance of success is remarkably high, but the capital they raise allows them to live the lifestyle with no damage to their credit. There's too much money in the system. Here's why I'm telling you that. If you really believe in yourself, bro, and you've been doing something for 10 years, and this is gonna bring everybody on my team. I hate when people have credit card debt. Like, it's my freak out of freak out, right? Or debt mm-hmm. in general. I will tell you that I've been at my best when I knew that I was operating, not taking any chance, and when I'm willing to do that, I'm willing to do anything to get the money. Like, loan shark, like mafioso mm-hmm. breaks my life. You know why? Yeah. Because if I understand the interest, and I understand I can get, I can figure it out even if I'm paying 50% interest, let alone five. The days of getting money from the bank, people don't think about that anymore. But let me give you where I'm actually going. You know how many kids should be asking their parents for money or their rich aunt? A lot. The problem mm-hmm. is they're not thinking about it right. They need to walk into their rich aunt and say, Aunt Sally, I need 150K, but I will pay you back. And if, I, if it dies, I will then get a job and I will pay you back. 5,000 bucks every quarter for the rest of my life. People are not putting their balls on the line. People yeah. aren't doing that anymore. Everybody wants to raise money and give up you 20% of a company it. worth nothing. You don't have to risk it when you're delirious. The reason I'm giving you this advice is you've been doing it for a decade. Mm-hmm. You feel intuitively right to me. So I'm saying to you, do what Tom and I did and live the practical life. Not this 
life. Live the practical yeah. life, man. I, and you know what? That was the first step for me to move forward is to stop trying to live up to everybody's expectations, stop looking at everybody else and humble myself and actually 100%. have my friend move in, you know, split the yes. rent, you know, share Dude, studio. Humility, that, you know? humility for the alpha male and woman in their 20s, humility is the secret sauce. But now let's push it. Did you actually do that? Yeah, I did because here's the thing. I was always trying to buy the most expensive stuff. Because that's what you were looking at. Everybody, when yep. I stopped doing that and I just focused on myself and I accepted myself for what position I'm in and I'm like, okay, Khaled, you, you're in, yes. in the toilet right now. Keep going, now. Khaled. You need, you, yes. You know, you need to, you need to yep. get your stuff together, yep. lower you all living costs down yes. and just like do every little side hustle that I can so that I can maximize my time now that I'm working for myself so I could do a bunch of little stuff. You know, at night I'm doing the scooters. I mean, I'm doing 40, 50 scooters a night. We're going to garage sales, picking up stuff free off Craigslist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm marketing stuff online for people, Google ads. Yes, and I'm doing a bunch of stuff and I have my cousin. Who and are you happy? And he's helping me. And you're happy. You know ha- what? I'm very happy. Because so, so then I'm not real quick, this is real quick. Cause there's a lot of bubbling up of like, Gary, you're pushing people to work too hard and all this stuff. And I'm watching it. I'm like, I love when elitists who work their faces off to make a bunch of money, then tell everybody else not to work hard. Uh, that, Dude, that's it, a- anyway. So, so, so to me, if you love what you're doing and you're happy and you're mentally and physically healthy, do you, I'm not judging anybody about doing anything, but it's all about self-awareness and, could, and putting a framework around where you don't keep up with the Joneses. Yeah, and I, I wanna put my finger on something. So Please. dude, your, your vibe changed so much when you got into the pocket on where you're confident. 100%. Humans lead with belief. In the beginning, you, you didn't have that belief because you're stretching for the fancy cars and all that. But when you slid back to, I'm living in a studio apartment yes. with you know six other yes. dudes, I believed in you. And if you came to me with that hustle and you're like, look, I have boiled my life down to nothing. I have no expenses. I eat top ramen and I grind it the out from the floor of my friend's bathroom. I will make this. If you give me money, I will spend the rest of my life paying you back if it fails. And you have that belief because you actually believe it. You know, it's true. You know, you can do that. And you're operating from a position of strength. Now, just your energy is going to convince people to get on board with you. But when you try to posture, hustle, like from a place that's not real, that's where people don't buy into you. And the beauty is like, that's what I sense like the whole time. Dude, this is really cool. By the way, this is the kissing cousin to why I want kids to stop taking money from their parents. It all comes down to the same thing. It's called fake environments. Either you live on your merit or you don't. Mm-hmm. The end. I've been on my own since I was 15 and I'm very thankful for it because my parents instilled me with the right morals and the right hustle at a young age. And then I you know, was forced to be a man on my own and I worked mechanic shop and I sticked in the car thing for a long time. Clearly. So it's like my passion too. So it goes hand in hand. I enjoy everything that I do to the still like work. I love you know, it. Even when I'm working Callie, long hours. Khaled, you live in Atlanta? I do live in Atlanta. Uh-huh. Cool, man. Send me an email to Gary at VaynerMedia.com. I want to high five you when I come for Super Bowl. Dude, that would be so awesome. For and real, that wasn't like real. secret cold because I don't code for like I want a fancy card. I hate that. I mean, I just want to actually <laughs> high five you, dude. I would, dude. I would be a pleasure to be standing within your proxy. Awesome, man. Thank you for the call. Fake environments. I want to wrap up with this. You, okay, you get it because last time Scooter made us do another call and it like turned out so awesome. Someone wants an internship with Tom. Okay, got it. Tom, I'm so about this fake environments. If I can convince people that credit cards are bad, 
that parents' money is bad, mm. that posturing is bad, the happiness is absurd. The happiness is absurd. Also, I want to get people on obsessive thinking. So one of the things people always ask me, okay, what's your secret to your success? I normally say reading, but I'll say that there's actually something else I do that people, um, it's hard to articulate, but here it goes. There's a great question that Peter Thiel asks. How do you take your 10-year plan and make it happen in six months? So if you obsessively think about how do I accelerate this? Like how do I, what's that quantum leap forward? And for him to be thinking about that, like the collapsing down to very little expense so that he can get into a place that's actually winning, win with that, build like a package up that he can go pitch to people and say like, look, I only want whatever. I want to flip more scooters, whatever. So he's getting in at, you know, a thousand or 10,000 instead of, you know, 400,000. Then he can build that momentum and you just keep going upstream, upstream, upstream. Lack of patience, man. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You and I disagree on the use of the word patience like so violently. Please. So my thing is patience, literally. And, but the thing is, I always tell people, I know what Gary means. And Gary means play the macro long game. Macro patience, micro speed. A thousand percent. The problem is when people hear patience, they get in they a passive, passive mode. Yes. Psychotic Brother, about that. you use the word passive though. Yeah, exactly. You can't let people get into a passive That's situation. Fine. The word's patience, not passive. Yeah, but what I'm saying is when people hear that I, word out of anyone's mouth, I understand, they but go I'm in the wrong direction. I'm living a life of everybody semantically articulating the manipulation of words to their non-meeting. It's interesting. So here's like, how Like I love when people, like I love like like the amount of judgment that is being thrown at me right now in circles around people manipulating the words that I'm like it's absurd. Like patience is not passive. So my thing is, how do people react to it? I couldn't agree more, but the reality is, is if we are now in a place where we can't allow the words to actually mean what they mean, we have to challenge that conversation as well. Because now you're getting into how people filter everything, and now we're talking about the most important P, which is perspective. If their filter is taking it, then you're, you, that's what gets so interesting about having to do this one-on-one versus through content. Content is vulnerable in its macro. It's super interesting. Very interesting. And I, that on this particular thing, like I'll say, forget the Please. words because you and I are saying the same thing. I know and so we I, are. the last thing I want to do is argue We're that when we get to We're the point. Semantics. Thousand percent. And I'm with you. My thing is, how do you get people to realize that mom- momentum is the thing that I think matters? So if you have you ever been in like an above yeah. ground swimming pool, you can start listen, walking in a circle preaching. and it creates the, the vortex and then you can pick your feet up and it the just The whole thing you. I was talking to you about that I got to walk you through of like what you need to do for your studio to like win the world, literally internally for a few minutes was called momentum marketing. Nice. You can't, we you can't be believing more. Yeah. Who is this? Royce? Like Royce Clayton? If you know who Royce Clayton is, leave it in the comments. Like I forget that Google exists these days. I so grew up in a non-Google world. Everyone's like, that's easy, Gary. He's the shortstop for the Giants. Hello, this is Royce. Royce, it's Gary Vaynerchuk, and you're on the Ask Gary V Show with Tom Bilyeu. Oh, my God. Holy (laughs) I was was listening to you guys live. Oh, my God, it's so cool. Um, How how you doing, Royce? Wait. Where are you from, Royce? Cincinnati, Ohio. Are you a Bengals fan? Oh, big time. The Jets can on off. Your cursing could use some upping in your game, but I appreciate it, man. You do know that the Jets beat the Bengals in a huge playoff game uh, in Cincinnati in 2010, right? Wow. Oh, oh, I'm sure. Uh, (laughs) Clearly you do not. uh, All right, go ahead. I mean, yeah. Uh, Wait, Andy, I put in like a couple questions. Which questions? Pick pick whatever. Which one do you want, Andy? The ones that, that you said Tom and Gary differ on. 
Oh, um, yeah, Tom. Patience. Uh, love your stuff, too. I listen and watch a lot of Impact Theory. Love it. Thank Tom, you, I saw you. Uh, sorry, I listened to you on uh, the Joe Rogan experience a, a couple months ago, um, and you mentioned uh, how you heard how some people believe that you're, you have to be a natural porn entrepreneur or you can turn into one if you have entrepreneurial tendencies, and you, you disagree with the, the, the fact that uh, a lot of people out there believe that you have to be a natural-born entrepreneur. I was wondering, uh, I know, Gary, you always say how you're only a natural-born entrepreneur. There's, there's no thought, if you've ever worked a job in your life, that you, uh, you could be one. So I guess, can you become a, an entrepreneur, or do you have to be a natural-born one? Well, good news. Like I'll lose this right now because everybody's an entrepreneur now and most of them are not natural born entrepreneurs. Now let's talk about people that are successful entrepreneurs and not successful entrepreneurs. That's fair. And that, that's a big deal. Then there's also people bleeding entrepreneurship with operators. So I think operators are something that could be taught and those individuals, she and he are incredible COOs, co-founders as the number two. guys. There is a mental strength that comes along with you're the last line of defense that is by definition what entrepreneurship is built around that I do think we underestimate in what is like comes natural but I think that there like I think that being a successful entrepreneur is more of a skill than a taught behavior in the framework of my perspective being taught to be an operator is I see every day. Most great COOs are people that were taught to be an operator. Many of them are considered co-founders but would have not been successful without the energy of the human that was there to eat the pressure and actually lead the company is how I see it. Tom? Yeah, so this is one that I, I have lived the exact opposite. So Please. I started out, my parents taught me to be a good employee, to keep my yes. head down, do as little work as yes. possible and avoid punishment yes. at all costs. Yes. I, I had a newspaper route. I was too afraid to go knock on the doors to collect the money. Yes. So for like two years, I delivered the paper for half the money I could have gotten. I yes. never stole somebody's flowers out of the yard and yes. sold them back. Like yes. none of that. Yes. So, but then... To get what I wanted, which was to make films on my terms, I had to generate the capital. To Why generate do you need the capital, Lambos to do that? Why because do I need clear, Lambos? Well, you said this earlier, you were like, you were into some of the flashy stuff. No, I get why other people chase that. I said that. you weren't. No, okay, I was going. chasing, I wanted money to build a studio. Got it. So I knew that I had to learn a certain set of skills. Now, my whole thing comes down to humans are the ultimate adaptation machine. Literally, what we do is adapt. Yep. That is our yep. design. So yep. you can take, there was a woman who swam the Bering Strait. And she turned literally over a year of cold exposure, turned white adipose tissue, which is the fat, into what's called brown adipose tissue, which generates more heat. Now, people will believe it at the body, right? Nobody's here telling me that I'm crazy for that. It's so easy to show people that you can change your body. But for some reason, people don't think that you can change the mind. So let me ask you a weird question. You First of all, I completely yeah. only believe you can change the mind, which is now going to get into an interesting semantic. So keep that, going? Yeah. Yeah. So, so every, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm gonna go keep going. But you're gonna, <laughs> but you're gonna, but you, no. But you're gonna appreciate. Yeah, it. You're gonna answer. Time, for sure. Does that mean everybody's born a natural born entrepreneur? That means everybody is. It means everybody that meets minimum requirements, and we will have to talk about that. Okay. So that gets can, I, That's fine. That gets into a different place. Yeah. So if you meet minimum requirements, and you're, some people do not. But what if you're a Kim Elijahwan? Yeah. What if you, Tom, are actually a Kim Elijahwan? Okay. So a Kim Elijahwan yep. is born in Africa doesn't realize he's a natural great basketball player because he's not exposed to it, yep. but actually was born 
a natural, like what if you actually were, just because the environment you were in So you're suppressed. saying I was a natural born entrepreneur yes, I am. just in a weird that's right. environment. Because so, that's where I'm going with this, which is you were in an environment where your parents created the environment to eliminate the entrepreneurial, right, spirit, mm-hmm. but that it was down deep in there, and more importantly, just because ripping flowers back to, first of all, you had a paper route. Yeah. Let's break that down for a minute. Okay. Maybe you were scared of asking for money, just like the last kid, but let's really, really talk about it. Yep. What the f- were you doing with a paper route? Am I, in my family, you had to have a job. Cool. So my parents made me get a paper route. Did they make you get a paper route, or did you have more than one choice, Tom? Now, this is very important. You I have don't to, remember. Fair enough. I don't I remember. To me, there's- Well, here, let, to, but let's answer that question. So let's assume for a second that I'm secretly a born entrepreneur just yes. in a bad environment, which yes. I'm very okay and with. And not a bad environment. It's bad for entrepreneurship. Right, sure. It's a great environment. That, I have no beef with that. So my thing is knowing that people can either good environment be trained and bring out those sure. natural inclinations or not, my thing is figure out what you want to do and then go down the path of gaining mastery in that. Tom, in that all will be yeah, I got revealed. It. I got it. I apologize. Now I'm being selfish because this is so fun hanging with you. Fear. Right? Fear is an incredible part of all of this. Yes. When, when and how did you start taking fear out of the equation? Because uh, that's the transition you made. I don't know. I would never say that. I would like fear for me is a, a so constant. You, you feared asking people for money. Definitively. Cool. Later you didn't. No, I still do. Interesting. Me too, by the way. This is the weirdest part of me. One of the reasons I didn't finish off raising my fund is because I hate asking people for money. Mm. But I don't know if I fear it. I just hate it. I hate, I hate anybody having leverage. That's really what I'm all about. Yeah, I'd, I'd really have to sit down and think about the semantics of whether I just hate it or I fear it, but there are definitely things that I do that I fear. And I, move, I use fear as a guidepost of where to move because my fundamental assumption is humans adapt via stress. I, so your restrictions your, are and, and, and adversity are such an incredible framework. Right, and those are the things that Oh, by the you. way, the biggest reason I want to talk about real and fake entrepreneurs right now, you know why? There's no restrictions to being an entrepreneur, not only in money, but in the bio of your Instagram account. Right. This is it. This is the punchline. Unlike, you know, you and I are so similar. I like have so much fun with it because that means I love you so much because I love myself. Right? <laughs> that was amazing. No, but I'm serious. Like, by the way, self-love is super, like the greatest gift. By, by the way, loving yourself doesn't mean you're delusional and think you're great. Like self-awareness is the foundation of loving yourself. I love myself for the things that I am and I'm not. And it's super important, like how uncomfortable, in the same way that people were uncomfortable talking about mental health, we need to start making it comfortable for people who like themselves to talk about it because it will encourage other people to realize liking yourself isn't ego or delusion, it's grounded in self-awareness. Yeah, here's the thing, you, uh, your superpower is you don't judge yourself. You're right. That became very clear to me. And I you think that. that's amazing. By the way, you nail, and you know what else not judging yourself does? You don't judge other people either. So you end up liking a lot more people. You are judging. Last night I spent 98 hours consuming judgment. Mm. People judge, we're, we're doing this post-election. People judge. Who the You have no context of what's going on in somebody's bedroom. Or most important, in their head. You're right, I don't judge myself because I know what my intent is. I'm, yeah. I'm obsessed with intent. It's insane how much I love everybody here if I know their intent. Once I, once I wrap my head around one's intent, it's game over. Mm. It's like binary switch and I'm going to bat for them in perpetuity, for me, outside of me, with me, against me. 
If I think somebody's a good person and they're literally my direct competitor, I weirdly secretly root for them in some weird way. Because if they're better than me, they deserve to win. Yeah. I was so pumped when I was with all those super angels and Scott Belsky and Chris Saka had better investment. I had a great investing career. They were better. And I love talking about it, right? I love talking about it. They deserve it. That's what I love about sports, man. None of this of like our entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship's amazing. You know why? Nobody can judge it. It's all hidden. Mm. Man, do, God, do I want the world to melt. You know why? People are confused. Everybody thinks I want the world to melt because I do a bad job communicating because I like keeping a lot of shit in that I'm going to take advantage of it. I want the world to melt because people are going to be happier. That's really interesting. Tom, people are in fake environments. No, listen, this is why Tom's smart, man. He gets it. He gets it right away. I'm serious. People are going to be happier because everybody's living a fake life right now and keeping up with the Joneses and when everything melts, everybody gets back to the right... Not paying the piper in 2009 in America for the economic melting and going through seven years of a recession and us propping up our culture in a way that nobody talks about. Have you read The Stand by Stephen King? I don't read Of course. I already knew the answer. So here we go. Yeah, because it it literally speaks to exactly this. The center character of the book is somebody who's just popping off as a musician right when this world-ending flu happens. But the guy survives. And so he goes from everybody loves me, they're treating me well, I've got free cocaine, and then now no one knows who the I am. And that whole machinery that was about to make me like the biggest thing on the planet just fell out from under him. And he's solo? And it's not solo because there's, you know, enough people to survive, but he realizes like all that bull that he was chasing now, it just doesn't exist. So there's like the simplification of life. And to your point, as he gets beyond that hunger for the fame and the adulation and just has to deal with staying alive, like his life actually gets better. I love this. God, can I not wait for the economic meltdown because it's the beginning of happiness at a bigger scale. It's interesting. So the, the comic book that we wrote for mm-hmm. Neon Future is literally about that. So I wanted to start post-economic meltdown. Yeah. Look at how people react. The and superhero better look like me because I believe in it the most. <laughs> right. I'll, we'll have to work that in, Gary. We'll have to work that in. Caesar, start drawing. Did we answer my man's question? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, did have, I did have one other question that's just been like on me for about a month or so. Uh, so oh, I, that's it? So I'm hanging I up. Just, that's not that long. I'm going to go ahead. Go fast. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, uh, so my other question I submitted, uh, you know, I'm busy, you know, I guess, um, in the dirt, I guess you could say, I just graduated, um, from college and, you know, I'm working for actually a startup here in Cincinnati, um, as a, as a sale, as business development and, uh, you know, being around this environment, you know, I'm and listening to you, Gary and, and Tom, uh, I, 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 I truly believe I have a lot of entrepreneurial tendencies. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm building my personal brand and, you know, just, or I guess documenting, you know, things that I believe and things that I'm learning, you know, throughout life, Good. uh, just through LinkedIn and blogging. Good. So you're, do- and, you're documenting uh, more than posturing, right? Yeah, no, I'm not faking it. I, you know, I'm Good. letting people Keep know going. if I don't know something, uh, so I'm in the dirt, but I know you also say to try as many things as, as possible in your age, taste as many, at, at this age, it, taste it, as many things remember, as you can. Remember, and this is what har- is hard about advice and putting out content, people start blending in. That's why I have a lot of empathy for your patience thing. Um, when kids ask me, I have no idea what I want to do. 
Gary, I don't know what I like. The only practical answer to that is like, yo bro, hey gal, go taste some It sounds like you have a better feel of what you like and thus you don't have to quit this startup and be a sous chef. Right, no, I, I guess, I guess, and then my, my final question in that is, you know, I, in, in doing this, I have a lot of people ask me, why are you doing this? What are you doing? You're like, what are you trying to get out of this? Um, or where do you see, or what, what are you trying to be in 30, in 10 years or Tell them to years? go f- themselves. Who gives <laughs> You don't know, you don't know. Ask the, brother, the next time somebody says, where are you going to be at 30? Or where do you see yourselves in five years or 10 years? Look them dead in the face and say, what about you? Do you know how many miserable 54-year-olds there are? Most. And I'll give you a slightly different take on that. And, <laughs> and I'll say that, that skills have utility, man. This is something that people don't think about. Like, you're going to spend years developing a skill set. That skill set is going to let you, you about, do right? something. And now, so maybe. what do you want to be able to do? And that's the thing to me about adaptation, about anybody being an entrepreneur or not. It's like, it's just about skill acquisition. The difference between where I was when I didn't know what the I was doing as an entrepreneur and now when I do is I've learned a set of skills that apply themselves in the real world either influencing other people getting them pointed in the same direction creating momentum knowing how to sell knowing or how to market a thousand so percent tech, how old are you thousand percent 42 and you're young as f- as 43 f- uh March great so I'm four months older okay fine. so listen <laughs> Royce do you understand oh absolutely no do, I, uh... no but do you like like who gives a why they're asking, bro, people asking questions like that, it's fascinating to me. I've been really watching this, obviously. Like the amount of people that ask that question sheerly out of misery loves company has been one of the most fascinating things for me to observe. I think people are also terrified they're gonna miss out on something. And it's, it, the only thing that you have is today. So. If you're worried about today and you take care of today, 10 years from now is gonna take care of itself. You're what also, do you love doing right now? Tom, what do you wanna get great at Tom, right now? You're so right, because you're not gonna know the alternative. There's no weird video game where you pick a path, but then you get to rewind it right. and watch what would've happened. Like if you go start, go to move to the company's headquarters in Afghanistan, or go to work to a different friend in Cincinnati, or move to the big city of New York, Royce, you're not gonna know how it would've worked out. And if it's switch it up, like that's the thing that drives me nuts. Here's how I think entrepreneurs need to think of themselves. You're standing in a room with a thousand doors. Your job is to close 999 of them and walk through one. People are so paralyzed by all the opportunity cost of actually having to shut a door that they never make a decision. Make a decision, even if it's terrible. Dude, mistakes are the most information rich data stream there is. I love this. Standing dude. still oh, right. is the only problem. Dude, I make decisions so fast it scares the out of everybody around me. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I'm just making decisions. Like, the end. Yep. And that, my what, friend, is talk? why you win. You can add value to the show. It's 100% true. A decision that the team's debating for days on end, Gary answers in two seconds. And all of us walk out of the room feeling very confident. And, <laughs> and here's the thing. Even if you didn't, it's better to have a decision and be able to go try the than to sit there and talk end. about it. That's why you can do it so quickly. I love losing. This is, what, this is how it all works together. Right. I love when I made the wrong decision. I'm not gonna do that decision in that circumstance if I recognize it again. Right. Yeah, I think of entrepreneurs as athletes that don't have a limit to their body. So it's like, it's one thing if you know you're only gonna be in the NFL for four years because your body can't take the tax. Right. When you're gonna be in it forever, it's like, it's yeah, perfect. if you 
this play up, you make a mistake, what's and the matter? You're going to get more powerful. It's more science than people realize. Like, you're learning from the nose. It's a data point. You build on top of it. For sure. I'm insanely better than I was at 22, which would blow the 22-year-old me out of the water because I thought I was the best then. Experience matters. For sure. And what the 22-year-old named Royce doesn't know is that 42-year-old Tom feels exactly the way Royce does right this second. Because when you're doing what you love and you're in that zone, I feel way younger than 99% of the 22-year-olds that are unhappy. That is for sure. <laughs> true, man. And that's just energy living. level, like that's the thing. And I know you get a lot of criticism for it. I get a lot of criticism for how many hours I work. And I'm like, mother, are you not listening? Like, here's the punchline. Happiness. I work that hard because I'm having fun. Happiness. I don't want to go skiing, face. <laughs> I do not want to go skiing. I do not want to go to a beer garden. It is not fun for me to go look at a museum. Yeah. I am not interested in watching Netflix. I am not interested. That doesn't mean that I think everybody else should do that. I think, and I've said consistently, self-awareness, happiness. I've said it a million times. Do I believe in hustle? Yes, I do. I like work ethic. It's controllable. Do I want that to put you into depression or health scares? Yeah, of course not, face. Of course not. But don't sit on a pedestal after you've worked hard for 15 years and then tell all these kids that they should have work-life balance. Mm. You elitist. Yeah, dude, I'm, yeah. If that's what lights people up, Do not be a hypocrite. Do not be a hypocrite. If you make 47,000, I only talk what I live. Right, just like so, I, I got sure. really scared when you're like when you transition on that one debate we were having a little bit there, and you're like weird because I just lived the actual opposite. I'm like because it's the number one thing I believe in. Sure. I hate when people work 11 years on their startup, work their faces off. I watch them grind, and then they hit, and then they're sitting on money, and they're not part of their life, and then the advice they're giving isn't what they lived. I want to hear for people publicly that made 47,000 a year their whole life and are happy as Go talk about that, we're talking about happiness. People are using mental health as a weapon to make themselves look good, just like nonprofits. You might be tricking the 99%, but you're not tricking the 1%, partner. Cool, thanks Royce. Tom. Dude. Dude, it's a great episode. It was amazing, man. Tom, you get to ask the question of the day. There's only one, at least from my perspective. Can't wait to hear it. What is the impact you want to have on the world? Because, baby, chasing fulfillment, that's the game. That is the mother ROI. Thank you, brother. You got it. Thank you. You keep asking questions. We'll keep answering them. Book Tom for speaking. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.